Well, hi, this is Dennis Peterson, and thanks for joining me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. You know, how must God's people be a calming influence in a society that's filled with so much fear? There are lots of things I've learned as I grew into adulthood and fatherhood. One of the kind of sticks out to me, at least, seems to be missed by a lot of people who maybe haven't learned yet how to avoid being dominated by fear. The present crisis in our world really seems to accent this fact. Simply stated, it's this. What we don't understand, we tend to fear. It's pretty common, isn't it? If you don't understand how to use a dangerous tool like a knife or a gun, it's perfectly natural to keep your distance from that tool because of an indescribable fear. Once you learn how to use the potentially dangerous tool correctly, you still maintain a healthy respect for the tool, but you don't have a psychotic fear of it anymore. When surrounded by uncertain circumstances, fear is a pretty predictable, universal behavior for every age group and in every era of human history. Power-hungry leaders have capitalized on this fact since Nimrod after the Great Flood. Let's not be ignorant of that fact. Without a firm reliance on the divine providence of Almighty God, career government people have endless ways to deceive clueless people into believing their welfare depends on government. They literally make government into an idol. There are lots of conditions that can produce fear. But when you have confidence in one who gives you peace and security, then fear vanishes. Now think of a baby in its mother's arms. Think of any situation where protection and victory overcame instability and destruction. We could talk about biblical and historical examples for hours. Adam feared the result of his rebellion when he was thrown out of the Garden of Eden. Noah feared the unknown outcome of the aftermath of God's judgment of the flood when God closed him into the ark with his family. Abraham had every reason to fear the unknown as he struck out for a destination only God knew when he decided to follow the living God. You could build an exciting story of overcoming fear around dozens of Bible characters and a host of heroes of faith like we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. The unmistakable resolution of every one of them was the answer we must all lean personally into for ourselves Freshly discovered in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. You've heard it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. This demands commitment to our own personal journey, doesn't it? How are we, as God's children, to respond to fearful conditions? Well, a good start is to identify yourself as a soldier, like Joshua. When he led the children of Israel into Canaan over 3,400 years ago, God's messenger appeared before his chosen commanding officer, Joshua, saying, Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the I am, the sovereign creator God, the Yeshua Savior of the whole world, the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Those are the words that Joshua, the seasoned warrior and general of Israel's army of over half a million armed men, actually heard in his hearing at that great crossroads of the history of the world. Whether or not you believe that we today are at a crossroads in the history of our world, 
it seems increasingly clear that practically every thinking person on earth today senses that recent events have changed the way we will look at things in our world forever. And let's not forget Jesus's promise to his disciples that applies to us if we are truly in him, that is, a genuine member of his spiritual twice-born family. When the spirit of truth comes, Jesus said, he will guide you into all the truth. That's in John 16, 13. And also, be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And keep pondering the promise of John 14, 27. Because Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to remain with us always. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. But let's remember something. Joshua and the two million or so descendants of Abraham's grandson Jacob, whom God renamed Israel, had spent their whole lives growing up in the wilderness. They watched all their parents perish in the isolated desert, all because those parents let their understandable fear of giants prevent them from conquering the fruitful land that God promised. During that 40 years, they experienced the daily miraculous provision by God for all their daily needs, their water, their daily bread, called what is it, or manna, their clothing and shoes, their laws for social order and resolution of conflicts, virtually everything they needed to survive, they spent their entire lives, some up to four decades, learning how to practice obedient disciplined living. They were constantly aware of their dependency on the living God they knew for one of his powerful attributes as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Their knowledge of God's providential faithfulness prepared them for trusting him to do what they couldn't do in the challenges that lay ahead of them. The foundational basis of faith that overcomes the temptation to fear is knowledge coupled with understanding. Knowledge by itself is just the facts. It's not enough. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, we're told in Proverbs 1.7. But what's required to grow in knowledge, especially the knowledge of God? You must have a humble spirit. You must set aside your natural human arrogance. You must determine in your mind and your heart to have a holy and respectful reverence to your Creator and Savior. When we awaken to the fact that we've been trapped by our own sinful nature to think we're a self-sufficient somebody, when, in fact, we are a created being dependent on our sustaining Creator, then we can receive God's insights, His discernment, His direction, and His peace, no matter what happens around us, or even to us. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee, Isaiah wrote in the 26th chapter of Isaiah, verse 3. Read Proverbs chapter 2. We're told, verses 3 to 6, Yea, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, and search for her as for hid treasures, then you shall understand the fear of the Lord and find 
the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Well, this is not a magical chant. It takes dedicated time and effort. It's not like you're conjuring up a magic genie out of Aladdin's lamp. The life of following God in the reality of a wilderness or in the crisis of conquering a land full of fear-stirring giants demands the disciplined obedience to face and overcome fear by growing in knowledge and understanding. And by the way, that's why Jesus' disciples can be encouraged by the Apostle Paul's prayer in Philippians 1.9, that your love may abound yet more and more in all knowledge and in all discernment, which is insight and understanding, so that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Are you a listening reader? A reader who spends time searching the scriptures for insight and wisdom? Are you being careful not to waste time listening to proven dispensaries of deception like the mainstream media? Are you investing your life in discovering the truth around the world and the times that you're living in? If so, then you're no doubt troubled by the tragic ignorance in our culture today. It's no surprise that the great spheres of influence in society are rotting in confusion and corruption. Daniel's prophecy about the time of the end in chapter 12, verse 4, when he was told about many people and how they would travel to and fro and knowledge would increase, it helps us understand some things. But there's a paradox. While modern humans have more knowledge at their fingertips than any humans in the history of the world, fulfilling that scripture in Daniel for sure, it's clear that the vast masses of people are abysmally swimming in a sea of delusion and lost in willful ignorance. They don't know history. They don't know logic. Even Christians are at an historic low in their knowledge of God's word, the Bible, most people you pass on the streets, especially those from a lifetime of public education, don't even seem to know common horse sense. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 14 tells us, The heart of him that hath understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Is effort required to seek knowledge over pleasure and entertainment? Did it say that the search begins with a heart of understanding? How do you get that? Do you think it depends on parents and mentors and the encouragement to press into finding the treasures that lazy people will never discover? It's no wonder that whole societies worldwide today seem to have lost their senses. It's like they have no ability to discern what's true, what's right, what's sensible. And I wonder about many Christians who seem to have forgotten that God has providentially guided history. Read Acts chapter 17, verse 26. The American Republic is built on the wisdom of the Bible. It literally transformed the whole world with the idea that government is instituted by God, not by kings. Government's purpose is to protect the unalienable human liberties of men who are created with equal value among all mankind. They're different from animals. They were designed by their creator to defend the helpless. They are assigned to promote virtue and the honor of the savior of all mankind. The advancement of the Western world is a miracle, nothing less. 
It happened because the transforming power of the word of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ was brought to the nations of the whole planet. It started with Europe, but flourished under American ideals. God orchestrated that. Even despite the evil excesses of some wicked people and disturbingly twisted cultural traditions and superstitions. So, how are we to assess and adjust our lives in respect to the constantly changing messages of fear that are promoted by the society around us? Fear of engineered disease, fear of economic collapse, fear of social instability, fear of lack of food and supplies. Our perspective will inevitably be guided by our beliefs about many things, and if we don't have a confident anchor for those beliefs in the truth, we will be constantly tossed about like the waves of the sea. There are three basic truths that we must settle in our hearts and devote our lives to reinforcing by gaining understanding from God's Word. First is our purpose. That purpose is anchored in our Creator's empowering revelation of the absolute historical truths of biblical creation, man's fall, the flood, and Christ's redemption. If we don't teach our children to discover the many infallible proofs of these basic facts, who will? Second is our mission. Jesus validated the pattern of scriptures by assigning his disciples to disciple all the nations in all the teaching that Jesus taught. The commission to raise up a nation of priests who can personally approach their creator in times of need. It's confirmed by the timeless insights and wisdom of all scripture to equip his people with the truth needed to navigate every challenge encountered in a fallen world. This is a lifetime assignment. It's a full-time job that must be deliberately planned for while trusting God for our daily bread through the works of our hands. Third is our hope. If we lose track of the fact that our risen Lord promised to return to this earth at a planned day and time in the future, we can easily become discouraged when we encounter the expected troubles of life. Sometimes it can look like we're fast approaching the fulfillment of that prophetic timetable, but that should only stimulate us to boldly use our time wisely to witness to others about the great treasure that we discovered by God's grace. So, now that the public has been totally confused and disillusioned by the so-called experts who have made painfully wrong decisions for our nations and states that have produced massively greater damage to our families and futures than a mere flu epidemic ever could, what are we to do? Besides praying fervently and daily for God's intervention, peace, and mercy, we've got to stop playing the game of life like foolish children. Each of us needs to take biblical wisdom seriously. Give up wasting time on foolish, non-productive distractions. Stop destructive habits. No matter your age, start learning healthy, life-saving choices. Teach them to your kids. Find friends, even new friends, who can engage with you to think constructively and critically. Make transformation your goal. Forget about trying to please everybody and giving in to dishonorable thoughts. Focus on the life stories of virtuous people. Learn how to overcome challenges that make you dependent on corrupt systems of men rather than on God. In case you haven't yet gotten the message, you might be interested to know what I learned from a friend recently 
With the internet nowadays, there are many sources of good information to strengthen your decision to do what is in your own best interests. Remember the scriptures, particularly in verse Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. Prove all things. Put everything to the test. Check out the list of online sources on the transcript of this program on reclaimyourlegacy.com. There are at least three common sense reasons not to wear a face mask. But first, just to ask any doctor why they wear a face mask in an operating room. It's so they don't let little droplets of their own saliva into the exposed tissues of the patient they're working on. We know that viruses are extremely tiny. The space between the fibers of a mask are like huge windows for thousands of microscopic viruses to freely float through. And viruses are not contagiously spread through the air anyway. They're spread when your dirty fingers touch your eyes or inside your nose. That's where the pathogenic germs and viral organisms gain entrance into your vulnerable body. And if your immune system is weakened by a lousy diet filled with fake foods and poisonous sugars, your infection is imminent, especially if you're deficient in vitamins A, C, and D and certain minerals like zinc. And most of us are. Deficient, that is. Here's what my friend wrote. It's hard to imagine how fast our lives have changed due to the coronavirus crisis, also known as the Great Scam of 2020. And one of the most prominent elements besides the abridgment of constitutional rights is the ridiculous wearing of face masks by the ignorant sheeple population who actually think that they are going to die if they don't wear one. Sure, some don't think they'll actually die, but that the mask will help prevent them from catching COVID-19, which will make them very sick and could potentially cause their death. It's fear-mongering at its finest. Remarkably, the truth of the matter is that these face masks are not really helping anybody, and they're causing more harm than good. And this is actually well known. So then, why are face masks continually being touted as necessary in order to function in society right now? For this single reason, it's psychological warfare. While face masks will provide you hardly any health benefit and minimal, if any, defense from COVID-19, they undoubtedly create an environment of fear and dread to our communities. The simple scene of seeing your entire community walking about with their faces covered in masks, social distancing from one another, usually with their heads hung low and a general feeling of gloom, causes an undeniable magnification of fear for every uninformed citizen. And that's the whole point. Keep the populace fearful, keep them ignorant, and you can keep them controlled. Interestingly enough, Dr. Anthony Fauci even stated that people don't need to be wearing them. And then the World Health Organization stated the same thing. In both instances, they both changed their tune, and you can speculate about why they did it. But the point is obvious that the so-called experts don't know what is true or right and should not be trusted. So what's the truth about face masks anyway? Reason number one, you shouldn't wear them. Face masks can cause hypercapnia. Hypercapnia is a condition that can be caused by rebreathing your own exhaled carbon dioxide, CO2, which happens when you wear a mask continually. Think about the normal breathing process. You breathe in oxygen and you breathe out carbon dioxide. 
But face masks impede the normal breathing process and cause you to inhale excessive carbon dioxide instead of oxygen. Hypercapnia is the result, and it is basically caused by not having enough oxygen and inhaling too much carbon dioxide. This excessive CO2 in your bloodstream increases pH levels and causes all sorts of problems like confusion, coma, depression or paranoia, hyperventilation or excessive breathing, irregular heartbeat or arrhythmia, loss of consciousness, muscle twitching, panic attacks even. In fact, a driver in New Jersey crashed his car when he passed out from wearing an N95 face mask for too long. The police reported that the driver apparently passed out behind the wheel due to insufficient oxygen intake and excessive carbon dioxide intake. In short, wearing a face mask for extended periods of time reduces oxygen intake, increases the risk of CO2 poisoning, and causes viruses and bacteria to saturate the mask, which then get re-inhaled, increasing your risk of personal contamination. Number two, face masks actually increase your chance of getting COVID-19. This sounds counterintuitive due to propaganda, but it's true. And for obvious reasons, wearing a face mask causes wearers to increase the frequency with which they touch their face. Touching your mask and face more frequently spreads more germs around. In other words, a face mask would only be helpful to you if you wore it for a short period of time, wore the right one in 95, and never touched your face other than to take it off. That's the exact opposite of what people are doing. Number three, face masks cause psychological trauma. This is the whole point of the wearing of face masks in the first place. As long as everyone is wearing them, it causes you to feel scared, worried, and even depressed. This state of fear is the way tyrants and oppressors keep people controlled. The truth is that the mass use of face masks during the great scam of 2020 is nothing more than a propaganda tool to keep the masses under control through fear. So yes, whether you like it or not, the empirical evidence demonstrates that your use or rejection of a face mask during this time really is indicative of your worldview and the ease with which you can be controlled. Therefore, to call face mask wearers sheeple really is a fitting description. Additional face mask resources are found on the transcript of this discussion on our website at reclaimyourlegacy.com. My friends, if you're hearing God's Spirit and sensing your calling to seek Him wholeheartedly, do not wait another day or even another hour. Today really is your time, not just a teachable moment. It's a transformative crossroads. Read the whole Gospel of John, but especially chapters 14, 15, and 16, right now. The Holy Spirit will communicate to you. You'll know God's voice if you truly follow him. And if you're already following him, ask him to show you who you can help to discover him. Count on him to do it. It's been great to be with you today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. This is Dennis Peterson, and I look forward to being with you next time.